You're listening to Beyond the Measure, episode 10. Listen as I, a young choir director, and my husband, a young composer, interview other music educators in order to gain insight into their own success in the classroom. We have a lot to learn, and we want you to learn with us. No matter your age, ensemble, or experience, this is the ideal podcast for music educators, composers, and students alike. So join us as we go Beyond the Measure. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Beyond the Measure, the next episode uh, here today. We're kind of laughing because we were just talking about some funny stuff beforehand. But uh, I'm your host, Christian, here with my beautiful co-host. Oh, thank you. Kara. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have a very special guest on our show today. We have Mr. Travis Lowry. Uh, we know Travis as the director, or is it co-director, or just one of the Assistant conductor. Assistant conductor. I never know. So many yeah. people have different like titles for sure. like different similar things. So <laughs> the assistant conductor for the Abilene Chamber Singers, which is a professional ensemble of choral singers here in Abilene. And uh, we'll let Travis tell you a little bit more about it later. But um, but that's how we know Travis. We've sung with the group. Um, a couple probably times. A, a few times, I guess. You've done it more than I have. I've done it a little bit more. We sang Messiah with them mm-hmm. a couple years ago, which was fun. Um, oh, I think was that was, it, was 2019 y'all's uh-huh. first one. Yes, okay. that was the first time we sang with y'all. That's the last time we the did last that. One, yeah, it yeah. is, and yeah. uh, that was actually our first time singing with the Chamber Singers okay. as well, mm-hmm. though, and, and that was fun, and, and our first time singing Messiah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, so yeah, it was. We had not even looked at that fun. music at all and no. we so we literally <laughs> we did not look at we it. literally finals sight read, week we had like oh, right. yeah it was finals week oh yeah y'all are still in school at the time yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. so it was like the week of and we had those like three or four rehearsals before mm. the performance and we picked up the so, messiah oh scored and basically sight read for those, those first couple rehearsals the whole yeah, part his, one <laughs> his yoke is not so easy yeah. <laughs> oh, indeed it's not yeah exactly but uh but yeah, well, cool. Well, Travis, thank yep. you for being on the show with us. Yeah, yeah, always, always. Yeah, and now you were so I so you're the assistant conductor at Abilene Chamber of Singers mm-hmm. now, but you live in Stephenville. Correct? I do live in Stephenville. Yeah. yeah. So what do you do over there? Uh, I've been in Stephenville since 2014, and I am the music director. Director of Music Ministries is the actual official title on the mm-hmm. door of my <laughs> office um, at uh, First United Methodist Church in Stephenville. Cool. Uh, so I've been there, like I say, since 2014. Cool. That's great. And now is that, I know you direct the choir over there. Is it just the choir or is there some other music related things? There as well? are three ensembles for adults. We have uh, the chancel choir and the, uh, I also lead the worship band. Um, and so, uh, and the other ensemble, the other adult ensemble is the uh, handbell choir. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, handbells. So the, uh, there are also, um, oh, excuse me, <laughs> Siegfried is calling me on my phone, um, but there are several other uh, ensembles that sort of meet on a case-to-case basis, okay, and gotcha. uh, but one of the most regular of those is the uh, hand chime choir for fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, um, so we've had a youth handbell group before, um, but COVID kind of, you know... Yeah, changed everything, yeah, and yeah. so we've had uh, trouble getting that group back together. But the fourth, fifth, and sixth graders uh, are are doing okay, uh, and they they perform two or three times each semester. Okay, okay. Uh, so yeah, they do, and they they do great work. They they actually we we say they go on the road. 
Um, <laughs> so, uh, like, they performed for us uh, for a worship service this semester, and they also uh, went across town to Oakdale United Methodist Church and then also to uh, Greens Creek United Methodist cool. Church. Cool. Um, and we pull kids from all over town. That's great. So, Speaking of handbells, I've only done handbells like once. Mm. We, okay. It was so fun though. For we, a first time it was. Yeah, yeah. Did, was it, was that the same experience that we did? Yeah, it was at like it First was Christian. At first Christian. And Adam. I don't even think we ended up doing the gig. <laughs> yeah, we, we <laughs> wow. it was kind of a test the waters. We were thinking about like singing. Singing at the church. Yeah, oh, okay. like on scholarship. But mm. we we decided not to, but we went to that one rehearsal and did handbells and it was lots of fun. But man, they're, they get kind of heavy after a while. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. Yeah. I want to do that. It was again. good. We, we use, uh, I think, I don't know if this was, we're certainly not the first people in our, I'm, I'm certainly not the first person in our church to do, uh, to recommend hand chimes for children. Mm-hmm. Um, because we obviously owned a set of hand chimes. I didn't have to buy any. Um, but uh, I feel like for like the pre-K through second or third grade, singing is probably the best way uh, mm-hmm. for the, for us to teach them about music. Yeah. But for fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, they're sort of in that run-up to like middle school choir, middle school band. Yeah. Uh, there's no orchestra program in Stephenville, but we have band and choir out there. And... Um, and so uh, in the run-up to that, we sort of teach them as much about literacy as we possibly can. That's good. Um, and so uh, hand chimes has sort of proven to be a, a good way to do that. Yeah. So most of the time when those kids get to, I think they start band in fifth grade, mm-hmm. fifth or sixth. It might be like late fifth grade, mm-hmm. like maybe when they're yeah. trying to figure out what instrument they're going to play and the mm-hmm. band director comes to see them. Um but I don't know that to be certain. Don't quote me. Sure. <laughs> it's not like we're recording this or anything. Um, so, uh, but yeah, they, those kids usually end up being, uh, at least having a, a head start in those programs. Yeah, so. for sure. And that's just within your church. Like, mm-hmm. that's not yeah. including, I mean, whatever they're doing in the school. I mean, I would, I would assume right. and, and hope they're doing other music stuff as well. But that's a good well, example. That, that's actually, that's just it. There is, there's not a, there's not, at least that I'm aware of, uh, a there's not a significant presence of elementary music education gotcha. in Steenville ISD. Gotcha. Um, but the band program is strong. However, I'm fairly certain that they have to do a lot of uh sort of fundamentals in okay. fifth and sixth grade. Huh. Um. So anyway, yeah. Well, no, yeah. that that's that's kind of interesting. How, but it's good that. Mm-hmm since there's not as much of a presence there that right. at least your church and I would hope some other churches are able yeah. to kind of help mm-hmm. fill that gap. Yeah, and First Baptist, they have a, uh, they're across the street from us. They have a fairly significant uh, children's choir yeah. uh, program as well. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's great. Cool. Well, how about you go ahead and just kind of tell us your story and kind of how oh, you right. grew up and kind of how you came to do music and everything and and uh, whatever doing music is, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a little, that's, I guess, different for every person, but, right. um, but uh, yeah, feel free to go as in depth with that as you want. Uh, well, I, I can't tell you how many times, um, you know, people in, in one context or another, boy, how long have you been singing yeah. or how long have you been, been a musician? <laughs> the, the answer to that is I do not remember a time when music was not part of my life. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember a time when I was not singing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was never more evident um, to me uh, several years ago. Uh, I think it was the summer after I 
finished grad school. I finally, uh, I, we got all our home movies together and I digitized the whole library of our cool. family home movies. And I found a, uh, I found video footage of, uh, my mom teaching <laughs> me a song by rote uh-huh. in the, it would have been May or June, I think of 1988. So I wasn't even two years old yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, that's always been a significant part of my life. Um, like a lot of kids, um, sort of began for- formal, if you want to call it formal, uh, training at the piano, um, just learning, uh, the, the basics of literacy and, uh, 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 pitches, rhythms, etc. um, on that instrument. And that would have been when I was eight years old. And my first teacher was my mom. And, uh, she taught me for about a year. And, uh, then I went to, uh, Diane Hawley, who, uh, in years past, I think, I can't remember when exactly she left, uh, or retired, I guess, uh, from Cooper high school. She was the choral director at Cooper. Um, when I was in high school, she was the choral director over there. And uh, stayed with her until I was probably, I think, in seventh or eighth grade. And then uh, I went to uh, Debbie Letts, who actually had been my elementary music teacher at Bonham Elementary Mm. um, when I was a kid. Um, And then uh, sort of overlapping with that in sixth grade at Lincoln Middle School, I started band and I was a percussionist, uh, from sixth grade through 12th grade. And, uh, I was always, I think all through that time, all through that time, uh, I was singing in some capacity at church at, Mm -hmm, uh, Piner mm -hmm. Drive, uh, Piner Drive Baptist Church here in Abilene. And, um, there were, there were always, I mean, you know, umpteen opportunities to, to, to sing and, and to grow, uh, there and um then finally i think yeah so i think junior year of high school i had intended to uh be in choir that year um and i can't remember what it was something prevented me like a schedule thing or whatever prevented me from being in choir um and i was finally able to join the group uh senior year of high school which was the 0304 school year and then uh so I I had I had one shot really to be in the whole state <laughs> choir. Yeah. So I was like, by God, that is gonna happen. <laughs> and uh so I was in the tenor bass group that year, um, mm-hmm. which was conducted by John Reed, uh, who I'm pretty sure is still at uh Michigan State. But yeah, uh so that was uh two thousand four. Um and uh I started so I left when I graduated from Abilene High um, I went first to, uh, the university of North Texas. I was there from Oh four to Oh eight. Um, and it was, it was one of those great situations where, uh, you know, you sort of turn 18 and it's like, all right, have at it, <laughs> um, <laughs> figure it out and we'll dr- just drop you in the deep end. Um, and there was no greater deep end for a kid who had grown up in Abilene, Texas yep. than to be dropped into Denton, Texas. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so it was, uh, I spent four years at UNT, 
and uh, could care less about anything except singing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So like I was always in the practice room. I was always working on on music, but uh, just did not care about school. You know, yeah. all I wanted to yeah. do was sing. Um, and so you know, here you know, years later, I I realized, oh, you know, yeah, probably should have paid attention and form an analysis, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, whatever. Um, and so, uh, but I figured it out when I went to grad school. I I, I, I had a four in grad school. So, <laughs> um, but in '08, I uh, left UNT and came to Hardin Simmons, and uh, pretty quickly f- discovered uh, that church music could be my major. Um. I don't know. I don't know exactly when, but some so, at some point in the transition, I think from UNT to Hardin Simmons, I sort of realized that as much as I loved and respected all of my teachers, professors, the people that had influenced mm-hmm. me, um, almost all of whom were teachers in some way, uh, that I would have been miserable doing that, that, um, that all I, all I really, really cared about was ministry. Yeah. But that the thing that I was good at, that I was going to be actually skilled at in ministry was music. Why not do that as a career? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I walked into Clell Wright's office. Uh, y'all know Clell. Um, uh, Clell was my, uh, uh, major, he was my major professor for uh, three years at Hardin Simmons, and um, I walked into Clell's office. And he and I, he and I started Abilene Chamber Singers together mm-hmm. in 2013. I walked into Clell's office and said, "Hey, man, I, I think I want to change my major to church music." And he he almost like almost rolled his eyes, and he kind of went, <laughs> "What's well, about time?" You know. Um, yeah. And because uh, I think he he sort of he knew and understood that I really really loved sacred music and 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 uh, was sort of fascinated by liturgical practices outside mm-hmm. my own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so he was like, "Yeah, it's about time, man! Like, welcome, <laughs> you know, here cool. you are, finally." Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's um. Uh, so yeah, graduated from Hardin Simmons in 2012. Um. I spent two years at uh, at uh, Westminster Presbyterian here in Abilene uh, as the choir director there. Um, learned a lot in that uh, in that church. Um, had a uh, had the 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 great fortune of having a really supportive pastor mm. uh, during that time, Chris Turner. And Chris, uh, he was very forthcoming. Uh, with the fact that he was not a musician, um, uh, but he was also uh, a sort of guiding hand as far as uh, any liturgical practice or any theological questions that I had um, regarding uh, uh, reformed liturgy. Because I'm I'm a Baptist. I, I'm mm-hmm. still a Baptist. I grew up Baptist. Um, and I sort of masquerade on Wednesdays and Sundays, as a <laughs> yeah. and so I was masquerading back then as a uh, Presbyterian, and uh, and so he knew that he was aware of that, and uh, I was just very grateful to, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, have any any kind of for sure uh, guidance uh, in that in that area. I imagine some pastors are more strict on yeah, your background, yeah, I'm and sure, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but uh, yeah, so I was there for two years, and in 2014, like I said, moved out to Stephenville. Uh, been there since then, and um, I think in the spring of 2017, um, I can't. I don't really remember what prompted this, but I, I, maybe I was gigging more often, or just uh, maybe I, I felt like I had reached a point where I, I really just needed more training instruction experience etc mm-hmm. etc et mm-hmm. and um and so i i started looking for a place to go to grad school mm-hmm. and uh i went to i i had looked at the i was looking at programs in the metroplex because of proximity really mm-hmm. yeah. um i didn't really want to relocate yeah um and i i would have gone to tarleton state university yeah. in stephenville but they don't have a mm. uh a graduate level yeah. uh, okay. performance degree yeah. in in choral music um which is really what i wanted and um there's they do have a uh a music ed program uh graduate level but not a not a conducting program mm. and um uh so i i asked a few people that i trusted uh, where should I be, where should I be looking, uh, for grad school? And, uh, so I, I called a few places. I, I, uh, I went out to, uh, Arlington and met with, uh, Karen Keniston French and ended mm-hmm. up going to UTA. But, um, it was one of those sort of whirlwind situations where she was like, Hey, look, I've got a positioning opening, opening up next semester. I was like, oh, wow, I was, you know, (laughs) really not thinking it would be that soon, but it was. And so here we find ourselves uh, two years later, I had a degree um, or another degree rather. So uh, and uh, so that's sort of my educational journey, academic, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, academic journey, as it were. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think it's cool that the church has been a really big part of your life. Well, you know, in general, first of all, it's yeah. good for anybody, but um, but also in regards to like your musical journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of something that we didn't really, we kind of mentioned it, I think, when we were talking to Abigail, just about like ways you can get involved in choirs, yeah. like outside sure. of, uh, yeah. you know, your school. Um, but yeah, the church is church a really, choir, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and that's something to think about too. I mean, if you're a parent or, or you know, something and, and uh, you know, you want your child to get involved in music yes. and, yeah. and, you know, regardless of what you believe, I mean, church can still be a really good uh, thing, place for extracurricular right. stuff, you know, well, and I think meet people. It's, I think, especially, especially when I was a kid, um, there were a lot more uh, church music programs in... <laughs> I'm so old. I'm the ripe old age of 35. Um, there were a lot more church music programs that had uh, that had uh, uh, choral programs for children yeah. in the yeah. 90s than there are now, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the reasons I think uh, that groups like Chorus Abilene are just so yeah. important. Oh That's, yeah. Um, and so, like, if you want if you want your child uh, to uh, have that musical experience, a group like Chorus Abilene is a great place. Mm-hmm. Uh, to start that, if you don't have um, a, a program like that at your church, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so yeah. like in my early years, my first like collaborative experience with like group like choir was in church, like children's choir. So yeah, yeah same here. Mm. I remember constantly 
I'm trying to think to my early, early years in church. I mean, I know we sang like, there's like your nursery, yeah. you know, Jesus loves me. Yeah, VBS. Yeah, yeah VBS sure, stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then same with like elementary school. We, I don't know how, you know, y'all's experience was with elementary music, but I remember, so apparently we actually did have a choir in our elementary school. For some reason, I don't remember that at all because I was not in it. But even in our normal mu- elementary music class, we did every month we would have like a school assembly mm-hmm. right. and then at the assembly, all the students of a certain grade would sing a few songs mm. that they had learned in the music class. And it was like, you know, your elementary, sure. it's like pop style, but it's, you know, for elementary schoolers, but that's Out of the silver <clears throat> Burnett Ginn yeah, textbook. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. And, and, uh, but those are like, my earliest memories of singing in a group of, mm. of students and, yeah. and doing that. And it's yeah. so easy for me to forget about all of that because mm. it was just, you know, it was elementary school and you just sure. kind of go through it. But it's like, right. man, it's that was so important. It was though. so it really important. I think it's easy to take it for granted, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, because uh, and I, I, I fall into this. I'm sure there are other church musicians or uh, uh, other, I guess, in, in particular, leading adults. Um, you know, you, you come up against this issue like, well, I, I can read it. Yeah. I can, uh-huh. I, I can read what's on the page. What, like, what's, what's yeah. the deal? Like, here yeah. it is. Here's the music, you know, yeah. have at it. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's not always the case. And so I think probably, uh, for example, in our music ministry, um, we, e- even in a, in a, in a college town where there's a pretty high level of academic sort of mm-hmm. intelligence that uh-huh. like measurable intelligence yeah. even in our group there are a lot of people that can't read music mm. um and so uh there's i think it's it's really important for us to sort of understand the importance of that mm-hmm. and uh and then you know extend that opportunity to as many as yeah. many kids as we possibly can yeah it truly is an investment mm. like that's literally what yeah. it is yeah. um and and a lot of I mean, even for me, I, I remember at that age, I mean, I enjoyed music. I, mm-hmm. I, even as a kid, I loved listening to movie soundtracks and stuff, probably even more than the next kid. But even then, I I did, I don't remember particularly thinking, oh, I love singing here in, in my music class, mm-hmm. you, you know, like, because right. yeah. it, it's just... I, I can't relate to that one. <laughs> yeah, well, it, and, and, and it's probably more more of a, a boy thing, Maybe. I'm sure. But, um, and, and some, because sometimes at that age, like, kids are like, why do I have to do this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? No, there yeah. are sometimes... Uh, <laughs> I always talk about this, but my elementary teacher would literally make us sing the national anthem every day. Every day. Oh, every snap. day. Wow. Which... You're I, never forgetting those I words. I never forget them, and wow. which is nice, but like at that point, I was like, are you kidding me? Like by fourth, by fourth <laughs> grade, funny. fourth and fifth grade, we were all like, okay, can we please? Sure. <laughs> I think for us, it was my country, tis of thee. Yeah. It that was, one too. I, I don't think... I don't. I don't think I remember a uh, like sort of a regularity of singing the national anthem. We <laughs> did, but only at like occasions. Yeah. In elementary school music, I'm fairly certain we sang "My Country Tis of Thee," like maybe with morning announcements. Even. I mean, really? Oh, I know. Wow. Well, I guess I'm the odd one out here because. I didn't learn either. <laughs> I didn't learn the national anthem until like my senior year of high school. No, you like, did not. Yeah. And it's and but like at that point, that's not even anyone's fault. That was just my yeah. fault. Like, I, like, like it's not like uh, yeah. And, until I was like, okay, I guess I'll try singing the national anthem at a football game. So I guess I better learn the words. Right, right. 
But anyways, I had a question. Hmm. Um, since you predominantly work with like adults, yeah, how sure. is like how is that even with like your church and then like chamber singers was because yeah. chamber singers is probably more well-rounded musicians and kind of know oh yeah sure more than the church musicians. So like, what's the difference? And well, um, I think you mean versus working with like middle school or high school students, elementary students. Yeah. And just like, what is your, what's been your experience? Like whenever you first started, was it a little hard because since you're both, a lot of them may be older than you or same age. Is there like a power balance sometimes or at the beginning was it? I think in some cases there can be, but in most cases there's not. That's good. Um, Even, even at, uh, at Westminster Presbyterian uh, here in Abilene, when whenever when the entire ensemble showed up, we were talking about fourteen people. Mm. The entire group, which was nice. never, you know, yeah. um, it was you know oh, Christmas. Man. We would have you know fourteen people in the group. Yeah. Um, but even then, and and that was a that was a fairly sort of uh, intelligence packed ensemble too. There were at least three, I think, uh, college professors in that group, mm. um, and. Uh, and so, and, and, or, or, and if, and so it was like those people and their spouses. Mm-hmm. And so they, they sort of, you know, had that, yeah, kind of have a little that, bit that of... sort of uh, combination there, mm-hmm. but also, um, they, they sort of understood that whoever was in front of that group, that, that person was in charge. Yeah, that's um, good. and so it yeah. was, it was a, a really positive experience in that regard. Um, so I've never really. I've never really had an issue where, where, for for example, because because I'm a church musician, so I work mostly with amateurs, mm-hmm. amateur musicians. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Almost on the on the level of uh of a a D Romines type, where uh with the uh, uh classical chorus, mm-hmm. where most of those people are not professional musicians. You have a few in there, like yeah. y'all, mm-hmm. but um. But uh, the majority of those group of that group is people who just genuinely love yes. to sing, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's kind of like how church groups are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think I've ever had a situation where a person is like, "Look, that's good. I've been singing for <laughs> yeah. longer than you've been alive," which is always true because I'm only thirty five, <laughs> you know. Um, and so you know, I was singing with you know. <laughs> Robert Shaw or Bev Henson in 1982, yeah. you know. Trust me, there's no release yeah. right there. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. Yeah, well, because you didn't do it the way this guy does it. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, uh, thankfully, I've never had had that before. Yeah, that's well, that's good. That's good. I guess that's, that's something I haven't really thought about, though, is I wonder if... I feel like the biggest difference between, like, a beginner... Well, I say beginner student, but I guess technically a beginner would probably be, like, a really young student, but, like... Like for me, like I joined choir like at my junior year of high school. It was the yeah. first time I'd ever done, you know, high school choir sure. since elementary school, you know, that kind of thing. So that was still really new to me. <clears throat> I wonder what the difference kind of between a student who has just started kind of to do singing versus like a full grown adult, adult that starting is like their journey. started to, I feel like there'd be a difference like in, um, Obviously, like in just maturity in general, like, but yeah. like as far as like coming to the actual mu- on the musical side of things, I, I think know. in in general, you mentioned maturity. I think uh, with adults, you have the uh, you have the, I guess, just the a, a respect for expertise that yeah. a child wouldn't have. Yeah, yeah, that's um, right. So, like, you know, with a teenager, 
that kid, they, they don't care who you are. You know, they don't care how many degrees you have. They don't yeah. care who you've sung with before. Yeah. Um, and and you know, uh, so uh, w- but with an adult, they're gonna they're gonna respect the fact that mm-hmm. you've at least done this mm-hmm. for a little while, and uh, and it's it's all you do. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, for example, we have, we have a few education professors in our choir at, uh, first UMC Stephenville. Um, there is not one thing I understand or know about higher education. I Mm -hmm. just don't, even though I sort of technically worked in higher ed for two years when Mm -hmm. I was in grad school. Um, uh, I just, there's so many of the sort of intricacies that I don't understand. Mm -hmm. I would never presume to walk up to that person and say, Hey, look, you're doing this wrong. Mm -hmm. Something's going wrong in your program. You know, that's like, I'm never going to say that. Yeah. Um, and I think the same applies to them. It, I mean, it, it would be uh, pretty anathema for them to just walk up to me and say, hey, listen, I, I really don't like the way you're interpreting this, you know, Ramada or whatever in this bot corral, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty unlikely. And I feel like if there's a, a high school students that that's saying that to you. Mm. Well, I guess Ooh. they need to be put in their place, but also, well, I think, I mean, it's a, it becomes a teachable moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. exactly. Right? Yeah. And I mean, well, that's the hope anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm also thinking, man, if a student were to be doing that, maybe they're, maybe they shouldn't be doing that, but also they must have a passion for music if they're, <laughs> right. you know, if they're getting that involved in the process. <laughs> yeah. And I think in a lot of cases, and this applies to some adults too, in a lot of cases when a kid uh, walks up and they have that kind of concern, it's because they heard somebody uh, say that, or or they mm-hmm. they heard a recording of some yeah, yeah. some group that they really respect doing it, you know, such and such mm-hmm. a way, um, and so uh, this is the way. This is yeah. the right way. Yeah, there's you know, only which, yeah yeah. I mean, for this sure. is live art. There's no one way to do it. Exactly. You know? I should clarify that for the so. people listening. When when I say put in their place, I don't mean like genuine questions about the music and the right. musicality yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good thing yeah. <laughs> i'm saying like yeah well i think I mean, it should and i be had this a couple <laughs> i had like two high school students um who were you know passionate about music yeah um and sometimes obviously i make mistakes in the classroom but they mm. would in a nice way tell me like oh well that's actually like a half note and you cut us off too early or whatever. Right, yeah. And I was like, Oh, th- it's a humbling moment for me. And I'm, yeah. and it makes me glad that they're like, yeah, they're paying you know, attention. paying attention yeah, and, yeah. you know, feel comfortable enough to be like, Hey, I think you missed it this time. But yeah, yeah. that's something that I feel, I think Dr. Romines has always talked about before is he says, well, he, a lot of times he says it in the context of like, just, you know, him wanting us to watch him, you know, like yeah, so he's conducting, yeah. but he says like one of the biggest things for that too, is he's like, like, I need you to keep me accountable mm-hmm. uh, for for my conducting, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's like, that's actually a helpful teaching tool for a lot of, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, for students as yeah. well, because it's like, um, what was it that he said? He was, he's, I think he said it when we interviewed him. He said, good good students make good, good teachers. teachers. Yeah. And it's yeah. not it's not necessarily just saying that a good student is going to become a good teacher. It's it's saying that the good student themselves student, yeah. makes the teacher right yeah. sharpens the teacher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's especially true. Uh I taught when I was still in Abilene, I taught voice uh for 2 years uh to to help make ends meet and um and so it was so amazing how much that sharpened my just mm. forget about musical skills, teaching skills, mm-hmm. like yeah. sort of pedagogy. 
um, it sharpened that uh, really quickly. Not, I wouldn't say easily because, you know, you still have to work at it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I totally agree with that statement. I'm also sort of uh, hearing uh, D. Romines' voice um, when he was, you know, he would say things like, you know, if you if you don't if you don't look at me, I can't help you. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> sort of hold his hands up. If you don't look at me, I, I can't help you. You know, I think yeah. it, it happened <laughs> la- Thursday. We had a rehearsal um, and he. Everybody was just like, yeah, just music. buried in the book. And I was yeah. looking at him, and he was just like, <laughs> <laughs> like, kind of stopped conducting for a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since you, since y'all can't see, Carol was looking around aimlessly. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what he was doing. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I was yeah. like, I'm, I'm watching you, Doctor Romine. <laughs> yeah, I always think it's the funniest thing, but like, I always feel bad when I'm like wasn't looking. Also, when <laughs> sure. when when you know him or not just him, I've seen other conductors do it where. They like they hold a a pause way longer than you thought it was yeah. going to be, or, yeah. or just like just to kind of actually test you to see if you're actually watching. Uh-huh, and it's like, uh-huh. it's like oh, oh, oh. Yeah, because like <laughs> a lot of times, you'll, especially with amateurs, you end up you know you'll hold the fermata or whatever it mm-hmm. is, and and you'll sort of hold it a little bit longer. But you find that people will only look up either right before you get there when you yeah. get there, or like halfway through. Yes, <laughs> yes. you know, and it's like yeah. This it's is like, oh, shoot, this I, hand right here. That's you. That's yeah. you. Yeah, if that's I'm you. looking at you, that's you. This yeah. is who you know we're communicating with. Yeah. So yeah, oh, that's man. always a, a struggle. One thing I think I remember one of the things that happened the other day was, um, and I guess this was going back to his rehearsal technique. He mm-hmm. said um, he he always would count us in. Mm-hmm. He almost mm-hmm. always counts that yeah. for that group. He sure. counts in a lot. Yeah. Um, and then there was one time where, where he, he didn't, didn't he didn't count us in and we didn't come and we in. didn't come in, no, no, barely anyone came in and, like, he, and he was like right. oh there it is I, I didn't count in there, the, I've, I've taught you something the and... training wheels were, yeah. were ripped off and boom yeah. <laughs> I love it yeah so. I can I can hear his voice saying that too yeah. Yeah, that's great that's yeah. that's awesome yeah I think it's it's funny you mentioned uh, just watching or eye contact or whatever um, but I was in a rehearsal two days ago. Uh, with someone that I've uh, sung with several times, and uh, I'm the I'm, I'm I'm like the the sort of quintessential choir nerd. So mm-hmm. like all I want to do is watch that conductor and yeah. make sure I'm learning something. Because uh-huh. um, hopefully you know I've done my work before I came to rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know I was watching I was watching our our conductor and uh, just. And he ended up just making an awkward amount of eye contact with me. And so I was yeah. like, yeah. okay, I'm the entire tenor section now, yeah. you know, because, yep. you know, he'll just hone yeah, in. Yeah, that's something you know? Dr. Romine's also saying. Yeah. He's like, I look at the people who look at me. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think so, that's absolutely yeah. true. I found that in, in grad school, too. If if the tenors were going to get glared at in, in grad school, I was going to be the <laughs> recipient yep. of that glare. <laughs> it's the person that's doing it right yeah that's <laughs> that's, that's right. take it yeah. Yeah. i've noticed that it becomes accountable yeah. for yeah. the entire for the entire section the whole group like whatever. a snowball yeah. Yeah. i've noticed that to be true like on the other side because now that i've just finished my first year teaching like i'm mm. my first year conducting a group of yeah, people yeah. um they're you know i have one or two leaders in every group and every time they're always looking at me i'm going to look at them so yeah. it's it's very i think that's really accurate Let us take a quick break real quick so I can tell you a little bit about this podcast's primary sponsor, which is Christian Fortner Music. That's right, my own music business. 
This is the primary platform that I use to sell my music, and you can uh, find it at www.christianfortner, that's F-O-R-T-N-E-R, music.com. Now, you may be thinking, oh, I don't know, this guy is a young composer. Does he really know what he's doing? Well, (laughs) to be honest, none of us composers really know what we're doing if if we're being completely honest with ourselves. But if you want to kind of get an idea of what my music might be like and if it might be a good fit for your ensemble, you can actually uh, get a free copy of music from me. That's right, a free piece of music. This isn't just a study score. This is a full score and parts that you can use for your ensemble to perform completely for free. And you can do that by signing up for my mailing list. So if you go to my website, Christian Fortner, that's F-O-R-T-N-E-R, music.com slash mailings, you can sign up for my mailing list right there and you'll get a link in your inbox where you can select a piece of music for either choir, string orchestra, or band. And I should also mention that the choir piece, it can be either an SAB, SA, or TB version. So uh, for any of you out there that are looking for SAB, SA, TB, specific voicings like that, then this might be a good opportunity for you. Uh, So yeah, that's about it. Again, if that's something you'd be interested in, just check it out on my website. And now we can get back to the episode. As far as, so since you kind of work with amateur amateur musicians and they're um, like, what kind of techniques do you use? Or like, do you go through small little like music theory lessons with them or anything during rehearsal? Or, or, sometimes. or do you have time for that? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So it's, so sometimes we do, um, sometimes I'll, so, sometimes I sort of, I think to bring levity to any rehearsal, it's important to, uh, in fact, I went to a, I went to a session, I think it was at ACDA one year. I went to a session uh, about comedy in in a choral rehearsal. Oh, oh that's um, cool. That is which cool. is I mean and it was it was part of the church music division. Oh, wow. Um and which is, you know, for any church group, uh community group, uh any any ensemble that's made up of amateurs, I think that's important. Mm. But um yeah, every now and then if there's a if there's I think something to be learned mm-hmm. theologically i will i'll i'll include mm-hmm. some form mm-hmm. of of uh music theory uh in there so a lot of times and actually now that i'm thinking about it i think that happens a lot more in our worship band than it does really? in chancel choir or at least it it sort of jumps out at me mm-hmm. more um and maybe i just Maybe I might I might be just guilty of taking it for granted in chancel mm-hmm. choir because I know that literature a yeah, lot better. Sure. Um, for anybody who doesn't know me, I guess um, I'm a choral musician first, um, and I I sort of that's what I do best. And so I'm very open with our worship band and with our church that this is not something that I was trained in. I'm Ooh. sort of hard knocks trained in yeah. that, so I, I sort of come at it from the from the uh, perspective of a, of a classical, uh, classical choral musician. Um, but I play the piano and I sing every week and I lead that worship band. And so generally speaking, they teach me a lot more mm-hmm. uh, than I teach them. So yeah, uh, sometimes they're there to answer that question. There are sometimes uh, music theory mm-hmm. uh, questions that can be uh, answered mm-hmm. in that way. Um, what was the other part of that? It was about music theory and um, just like techniques, uh, maybe on the choral aspects, like, yeah, to get them to produce think, like a certain sound. Or I think, um, generally speaking, for choral like tone, mm-hmm. I think for us the 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 best way we we teach that is uh, through the through the vocalize the vocalese. 
at the beginning mm-hmm. of each rehearsal. Um, yeah. Sometimes I tell them this is why we're doing this. Yeah. Sometimes I literally will just I'll 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 take a chunk of the of the hard piece that we're working on that that night. And I'll take a chunk of that and I'll make a vocalese out of it. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's good, and yeah. so uh, you know, we'll just to something like Alleluia or Praise God Almighty or you know something that sort of fits the meter yeah. uh, of that. Could you like, give uh, us an example? A, I don't want to let you have you talk just think yeah. off the top of your head, but like, what what does that process look like for you? Because well, that's really cool. I wish. Well, let's see. There is there's a setting of the Ubalata Deo by Peter Anglia. I took one one little chunk, which I'm kind of blanking on right now. I wish I had it in front of me. But I took one little chunk of that, and uh, I think it might have been the first Wednesday that we read the piece. They had mm-hmm. never seen it before. So I did two things. I, did, uh, I took a chunk of it and made it... Uh, I think I just made it Alleluia, which was it's was yeah. probably the easiest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a uh, this particular chunk of the piece is uh, I think it's four bars, four five six bars of Hemiola. Mm-hmm. So you've got one. I think it's the ladies that are singing uh, in triples, and the men are singing in duples, and then they mm. swap. Ah. Um, so it's not like you can. It's it's not like you can really. Uh, do it one way with one group and then with yeah. the other, mm-hmm. you kind of have, have to, to do both at the mm-hmm. same yeah, time. Yeah. And so I chose that and just had them sing. I think it was just the soprano or the, 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 the soprano alto part. Cause right then it's only two part. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I think I'm remembering that right. And, uh, had it, had them just sing like, ah, alleluia, 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 or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. melody it was cool. uh, right then. Um, and uh, I tried to beat a two pattern mm-hmm. uh, through that because I was pretty sure at the time that that's what I was going to do <laughs> uh, when we were actually, you know, performing the thing and rehearsing it. Um and uh, it it worked to a reasonable degree, but you know it was one of those things that sort of took shape over uh, over the you know six or eight weeks that we were working on it. So I did two things: I did that, uh, and I also uh, played the recording mm. for them of the piece, so that they could get an idea of what yeah. it was supposed to sound like. Yeah. Um, and so I don't do that especially often. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I Sometimes every now and then if we're on a time crunch or something, I will I'll like post a recording like a YouTube video on our yeah. uh, on our church website and refer them to it. Um but generally speaking I don't like to do that because then you sort of you sort of model your own performance after the recording mm. and I don't want them to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. Because I want them to do it like I want them to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. like, you know, yeah, whoever, you know. Yeah. Even if point. it's, you know, somebody really respected um, not every technique works for every right. ensemble, and certainly yeah, not for a true. Uh, small, you know, eighteen or twenty voice yeah. uh, church choir. Mm-hmm. I think so, that's that's a really good tool, though, just yeah. on creating creating examples and kind of. Uh, yeah, um, I think I mentioned this um, in a previous interview, but whenever I went to TMA this last year, um, I went to a session. Um, Denise Eaton. Oh yeah, yeah, she. Um, led it and was kind of talking about different she that was amazing that was my favorite that was the first one i went to and i think that was my favorite session i learned so much and so she just kind of talked about um the way she incorporates like 
her repertoire into her like mm. warmups yeah. Yeah. or like sight reading. Yeah. And so she um, would take the melodic contour of each line's print SATB, uh-huh. um, take away all like the the rhythm and just make them like all quarters or all just whole notes. dumb it down. Yeah. yeah and right. then make that the sight reading. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it, it makes them familiar yeah. with just yes. like the contour. Um, and I thought that was like, wow, that is that's the that I've never thought about that. That's so great, I did that with my groups. Yeah. And it was it worked really that, well. That's a great tool, and and that works. I would assume that that works not just for choir, but also for other you know yeah, instrumental band, ensembles not, as yeah. well. I mean, you know, you know, text or vowel shape, but like yeah. you know, you still have so many other components that you can still kind of dumb down like that. Um, when y'all are describing like taking the original music and then reformulating it to like mm-hmm. fit for a warm up, make it a little oh, more yeah. simple and yeah, stuff. Sure. I have the picture in my mind from the first Iron Man movie. I don't know if you've seen that, but yeah. um in that first movie, if any of y'all listening haven't seen it, <clears throat> when he first he he first builds the original Iron Man suit and it's this big he's trying to like escape this cave. Oh yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> he builds this giant like chunky, yeah. you know, just out of a bunch of scraps and stuff. Right, it's right. it's huge and yeah. I never seen it. it's just enough for him to escape out of the thing. Well, later once he go he decides to make the 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 actual iron yeah, man yeah. suit he like pulls out this big like virtual like like 3d diagram thing and he's like grabbing like pieces and, and he like grabs a whole huge chunk and he's like all right we don't need that and he goes yeah. and like just jumps in this little trap like virtual trash can and it like makes the suit it makes it look way smaller sure. and more efficient but like i mean like i have that same kind of picture of like that's what you're doing with Going right. from the original music to the warm up to this big whole thing to just right. all right trimming off the fat here and you know all right now we just have this little this little thing that's easier it makes it easier more efficient <laughs> to, yeah it's crazy how uh, how accurate that is because you you know you end up taking taking what you know the group can do yeah mm-hmm. and and ask and, and and sort of asking yourself uh you know is is this <clears throat> is this something that can really uh, communicate the the sort of the rehearsal goal yeah. to them, uh, and is this something that I can teach them? You know, if 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 we're singing in Latin, uh, like for example, on this setting of the Jubilate Deo, we're gonna sing a lot of you, Jubilate Deo, Jubilate Deo, and um, and so we we have we have to work on really sort of pure vowels, mm-hmm. and we have to work on unified vowels yeah. we can't just all sing like our yeah. version of the ooh vowel <laughs> yeah you have you have to be the same ooh vowel as the person next to you uh-huh um and uh there was no better there was no better training for that than uh than uh singing it at uta uh somehow um dr keniston figured out a way to make those vowels sound so like it was one person wow you know singing those vowels it's it was pretty incredible so it's like you're focusing on it kind of going back to the i can't remember if i've mentioned this on the podcast before but a lot of people in the business world talk about the 80 20 principle yeah uh, which is where it's like uh 20 of what you uh, what you're you know selling is gonna provide 80 percent of your income or something mm-hmm. like that you know mm-hmm. or just like it always divides up or 20 percent of people in your life may be causing 80 percent of the stress in your life you know yeah, and stuff like that right and it's like you're kind of focusing on the 20 percent mm-hmm aspect of the performance that's going to ultimately affect 80 percent of it because if you don't have all those vowels right then that affects pitch and then that also affects confidence and then the overall sound and stuff like that i think uh as far as leadership goes i think the inverse is also true yeah Mm -hmm. and kara i'm sure you've experienced this in teaching 
when you when you ask when when you ask a, a choir an ensemble to do something, in my experience, they're going to do about twenty yeah. percent of what uh-huh. you of what you model toward yes. them. Yeah. Um. So, like, you know, if we're if we're trying to get them to sing louder, you better be singing that six forte Verdi. You yes. know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a loud example. Yeah. Then maybe the group will sing the yeah, the the one F or the two true. Fs that you're uh-huh. that you're yeah. asking from. Um. I think that's that's at least as much true for adults as it mm-hmm. is for uh, yeah. for teenagers. Yep. Yeah, and, so. and going back to the te- like teaching proper vowels, the only way mm. I can get my middle schoolers to understand like tall vowels mm. is for them to sing. I tell them like sing like you're a British person. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. immediately it's like uh, that's good. That's all I had <laughs> to say, <laughs> yeah. and it fixed yeah. so many problems. Right. I was like, did you guys hear that? And they're like, yeah, it sounded good keep doing it mm. yeah but yeah that that's, that's definitely true the over like modeling like over exaggerating what you're yeah. wanting them to do helps yeah, yeah. And i think i yeah. mean even in even in uh any professional ensemble uh, uh, well with the exception of one um so yeah every every professional gig that i've ever had with the exception of one the conductors will always exaggerate mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. uh there are there's almost always a value uh, to that because um, you know you you sort of you filter things through a you you put things through a filter of uh, what you what you think you can actually do as a performer uh, and it and it sort of it sort of homogenizes over the over across mm-hmm. the ensemble mm-hmm. or at least hopefully yeah. hopefully <laughs> yeah. hopefully it homogenizes yeah. across the ensemble. Cool. I was wanting to ask you, I mm. kind of thought of this while you were talking about your background a little bit and how you were saying you are like a choral musician first, yeah. right? And you kind of communicate that whenever you're teaching. Sure. So I'm sure we have people listening to this that may be kind of in your same shoes mm. where they really, first and foremost, like to perform, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe they majored in performance in yeah. college, but they also know... Well, there's a good chance I'm probably still going to have to, you know, get certified or, you know, in order to be able to sure. make a living yeah, and, yeah. and they very well may have to go into do teaching, whether it's private voice or, you know, opera or choir or, yeah, or whatever that yeah. may be. Um, you know, what, what advice or any, any, what tips do you think you would have for people that are kind of in that situation where someone that maybe didn't necessarily grow up wanting to teach a whole lot, but mm-hmm. they did really want to perform, but they do know, okay, well, I'm still going to have to teach Sure. But they're not really sure kind of how what that's going to look like or what would be good advice for that. Hmm. I think I mean first we we sort of have to get over the mentality that we're only going to be performing. I, I mm. think there the the number of musicians on planet Earth that do nothing but perform is a a yeah. small fraternity of, of yeah. people. Um and and I was I was in school at both at UNT and Hardin Simmons with um tons of people who were under the delusion frankly <laughs> that they were going to be you know singing on the met stage at age yeah. 25 <laughs> and yeah. i think that's true of maybe one half of 1% of people that frankly make it through the met auditions yeah. you know um so the it I think the the delusion that we're all just going to be, um, 
you know, doing 100% of what we want to do all the time as mm-hmm. a living, making a living doing that is, uh, it's, it's really delusional, I think, probably to, to just assume <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's uh, something that just needs to be taken into account. The other thing, um, sort of mentally, emotionally, that we have to, uh, that we have to think about is the is is the inverse of that the number of things that we're going to have to do mm-hmm. to you know make ends meet um uh to sort of expand our network so that we can get that next gig mm-hmm. um is is really important to think about too um i've been i've been singing uh in professional groups one way or another uh since 2008 and the the thing that got me the next gig more than anything was who I knew mm-hmm. and and who I had the opportunity to uh, audition for, perform with, mm-hmm. uh, one thing or another. Um, and so, anytime I have a chance to uh, to do that, uh, and you know, for for. It's not the same for everybody. I'm not married. I don't have kids. Uh, so I can sort of pick up at the drop of a hat and yeah, leave Stephenville yeah. if, I, if I can or if I have to um, to go take a gig. Um, but uh, if I have the opportunity and if I'm going to break even, I'll, I'll take mm-hmm. the gig. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and frankly, for no, for no other reason than uh, the network. Um, mm-hmm. And so that I, so that I can sort of become established uh and and so people will know that uh Travis is going to show up and he's going to do his job and he's going to be yeah. prepared when he gets there and word like that gets around mm-hmm. and the opposite yeah. is true too if you show up and you oh, don't yeah. if you haven't done your work mm. you know if if you show up to rehearsal and you're sort of you know behind the guy next to you or whatever and it's yeah. just it's going to you know pe- that gets around too mm-hmm. yep um so it's uh, I I really you know, work hard to, uh, be practicing ahead of time. Um, I'm not sure if, uh, that, I mean, I, I hope that sort of answers the question of, yeah. of, of, uh, you know, maybe what, what if, if we're sort of pressed into something that we were not intending to get into yeah. as a career. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you, I, I, I can't tell you how many, uh, how many teachers I know, both music teachers and otherwise, um, who never intended to go into teaching as a career, mm-hmm. but end up awesome at it and loving it. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, my best friend is a, a good example of that. He, uh, he has a background in history and philosophy and, um, ended up teaching history and is really awesome at it. Um, so, uh, I think it's just one of those things that uh, sort of life happens and, mm-hmm. and you, you know, sort of demands upon your, your time and your, yeah. your schedule yeah. uh, 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 precipitate changes in your, yeah. in your profession, in your, in your life. Yeah. And I think another thing too is like, I mean, I, I don't want to, I mean, I don't know, everyone's situation is different, but I would imagine there are some performers out there that are like, okay, I'm going to have to teach, but I don't. I mean, yeah, I majored in music, but I, I, mean, I didn't do education. Sure. I don't know if I'm really, you know, you know, cut out to do this. And 
I mean, I mean, I just, I look at you as an example. I mean, you were kind of like, you know, in a similar boat in a way and, sure. and, and, um, and, but you said you're serious yourself, like the, you learned so much Oh yeah, just from teaching. Like it's, it, it's so easy to think like, and I, I can remember which episode, but we talked kind of something like this on one of the other episodes too, where, um, I mean, you get lots of good tools in college and, but you're, you don't, you almost don't truly start learning till you're teaching. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I think that's, that, that's totally true. There's, I mean, it's so easy to sort of get out of college and think, all right, I've got all the tools now. Yeah. yeah. I'm ready. We're going to yeah. just, just get out there and kill it. Yeah. And then you get out there and it's like, oh man, this is hard. You kill yeah. it, but yeah. in a really bad yeah. way. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of the opposite of yeah. what you intended. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there are always, uh, I think, uh, uh, situations and opportunities for growth and improvement um regardless of of your of of the environment that you end up in and uh there are always uh situations where the people around you are going to uh uh sort of sharpen yeah yeah uh what you what you end up uh doing your sort of finished product i guess you yeah, would say sort true. of um from from Wednesday evening to Sunday morning uh, for church musicians, it's going to be a it's going to be a situation where you're going to learn something. Yeah, whether it's what you wanted to learn, mm-hmm. you know, is is another question entirely. Because sometimes we learn things about ourselves that we thought, boy, I, th- I really thought I was better than that, and it turns out you're yeah. not. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So for sure. Yeah. One more thing I wanted to ask that I kind of going back to the the eighty twenty thing. I was just kind of mm-hmm. thinking of too is. One other unique thing about, you know, you leading a church group is that now correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're primarily only meeting rehearsing like once a week, right? Yes. So that's, that's something that's very different than, you know, being in a school where you're probably going to rehearse every day or at least every other day. Like the chamber singers, like what we have like two major rehearsals yeah yeah and then the gig right after yeah and so i mean that kind of requires some practice time on your end exactly and that's definitely true with the chamber singers it's kind of a part of the contract of like well we're expecting you to you know definitely get a lot of that done on your own but all but i'm thinking like with a group like a church choir obviously Mm -hmm. i mean i mean i'm sure a lot of them you know i would hope some of them practice outside you may be thinking oh i don't know but but uh (laughs) but uh hopefully our choral scholars practice outside rehearsal i'm not so much you know (laughs) <laughs> Probably not assuming that about the volunteers. Yeah, but yeah. but with that being said, so since you know you only get one chance a week, mm-hmm. or maybe two if you, if you rehearse before service, yeah, um, to really rehearse, I mean, you probably have to really decide, yeah, what are the few, and we only have hour, two hours, however many, you know, a, yeah. a week to, you know, you have to find the specific things that are going to make the biggest impact on on the performance and everything. No, you're absolutely right about that. I'm going to reach into my bag now and find yeah, my my uh, <laughs> my rehearsal plan for this oh, past oh, okay, Wednesday. Yeah. Sweet, yeah, go for it. Um, in the summer, we really only have, um, <clears throat> generally speaking, I'll I'll stay roughly six weeks ahead on rehearsal, sometimes more. Um, and so, you know, six anthems is what we're working on. We're working mm-hmm. on one for Sunday and the following five weeks. Mm. Um, but in the summer, Stephenville is a college town. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so the professors, yeah. they're, they're out, they're on vacation. The students are gone. Um, the population dips to, like, if we have 10 <laughs> on Sunday, I'm like, <laughs> oh, wow. yay, this praise God. <laughs> you know, we had 10 people in a group. 
Um, but that also, because of that, you know, it affects, uh, it affects, uh, Wednesday evening rehearsal. And so especially this year, I have, uh, I've adjusted my, uh, my plans to go from a 90 minute, uh, rehearsal on Wednesday evening to a 60 minute rehearsal. Mm. Um, not least because it's the summer yeah, and stakes are a little bit lower. Sure. Um, and so, uh, you know, we would try to give them a break and we're not working on any, anything major really yeah, until yeah. September when we start working for, uh, we, we prepare a lessons and carol service every December. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we start working on that music in September, but for this, um, and for those who, you know, obviously you can't see this, yeah. um, I do, uh, I've got everything literally planned down to the minute. Wow. I've got, yeah. um, 10 minutes of vocalization. I've got uh, six minutes uh, on this, on uh, two, really only two of the, of the hymns for Sunday, because I know they, they know the rest of them. So it's not really necessary for me to rehearse, for example, um, this coming Sunday, uh, tomorrow, as we're recording this, uh, June 12th will be Trinity Sunday. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the sort of ubiquitous hymn for Trinity Sunday is Holy, Holy, Holy. Yeah. They know holy, holy, yeah, holy. Yeah. They've been singing it their entire lives. There's no reason for me to rehearse that. Um, but uh, I did want to rehearse the two things that uh, the two of the of the pieces that we would do on our own, which is the choral call to worship and the choral call to prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I've written down those things, and they're they're easy, but I wanted them to have at least a little bit of sort of meaningful rehearsal yeah. time on those. So that, that went in there. And then I've got, uh, you know, a few minutes uh, planned for each of these choral anthems uh, that came after going all the way to uh, July 3rd. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do plan that down to the minute. Sometimes that interferes. Uh, I'll be honest. Sometimes that does interfere with the sort of, Social aspect yeah, of a choral rehearsal, sure. sure. Um, because with with <laughs> good, the dog's dude. going crazy. Um, sometimes that does interfere with the social aspect of rehearsal, um, because uh, they're. I mean, the majority of them are amateurs, and and yeah. they, yeah, they're they're there to make music and they're there to lead worship, but. Uh, they're at least half are there. Fifty percent of the reason why they came is to see the other people in the ensemble. Yeah, yeah, it is important. Um, it's a community is is a a big part of any choral ensemble, mm-hmm. um, and y'all have talked about that I think on previous episodes too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so sometimes that gets in the way. And so I remember a few times in grad school, one of the one of the things about going to grad school while you're working full time is that wherever you're working full time, that ensemble very quickly becomes your lab group. Yeah. So anytime, you know, I would go to my lesson on like Tuesday morning, uh, with my uh, conducting professor and then Wednesday, Wednesday evening, whatever I was learning on Tuesday morning that went into rehearsal on Wednesday evening. Uh And so I could very quickly, very practically understand what was going to work and what wasn't going to yeah, work with them. Cool. Um, and so, uh, and so, one time, uh, my professor gave me a an assignment to 
plan a rehearsal. And that's when I started doing this plan a rehearsal down to the minute Mm -hmm. um, and stick with it. And I did, and I did not regret it. Cool. But there was, (laughs) I think there were two or three assignments like that. Maybe once each semester, she Uh would require that of me. And, and so, yeah, you know, I'd have to videotape it Uh and, and send, send her the, the tape or the, you know, the tape, <laughs> same thing. The digital video file, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and so um, I would have to, you know, send it to her so she could evaluate. But there were a few situations where a person would raise a hand and I have a question. I'm sorry, I don't have time for questions. It's yeah. it's you know it's yeah. seven thirty eight, yeah. and I've got to move on to the next yep. piece that I, yep. you know, I've got fourteen minutes planned on. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so it, um, it totally makes sense, though. I w- yeah. one of the the biggest things that I learned the the first and last time I <laughs> uh, conducted a choir uh-huh. uh, was you know my senior year in college we sang a piece that I I wrote and I got to conduct it and the one of the biggest things that stuck out to me of that experience of leading rehearsals is how fast he had Dr. Romine's like he gave me like ten minutes sure, per yeah. per rehearsal yeah. to go over my my piece right. And it was crazy how fast the 10 minutes went by. Yeah, and you have he, to be really intentional yeah, about and, what you're planning. And when you're a lot of times when you're on the singing end, it feels like you're rehearsing yep. a piece for an hour. For days, and, yeah. and it's only 10 minutes. But yeah. when you're up on the podium, it's like, oh, wow. We, I feel like we've just, been, we just sang this one phrase like a, four times and 10 minutes is over. You know, right. <laughs> or something like that. Well, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because I think I feel like that's one of those things that I've I've sort of. I've sort of rubbed against uh, uh, teachers in particular mm. about we have we have two professional choral conductors in our church choir. One of them mm-hmm. is Ariel Sword. Um, uh, she is the choral director at Stephenville High School, mm-hmm. and the other is uh, Troy Robertson, who's the director of choirs at Tarleton State University. Mm-hmm. And both of them are brilliant yeah. teachers. Um. And uh, in 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 different contexts with each person, um, I've come into a situation where they're they're one or the other or both. They'll say, "Boy, we we really did a lot of music tonight." I'm like, "I mean, we only did six pieces, yeah, yeah. you know, which is exactly the same number of pieces we did last week, and yeah. it's the same number we'll yeah. do the next week." Um, but you know, is it was just a dense rehearsal, mm-hmm. and um, and probably not them, but you know, we'll. Uh, church musicians or or even myself personally uh, will sort of come under scrutiny about uh, about you know trying to trying to do like too much or you know one thing or another um, and I think the 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 question pretty often gets missed uh, by teachers um, uh, or others you know in academia or you know uh, other other sort of ensemble contexts. Um, which is that our ensemble performs every week. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we only get, you know, if I get 40 minutes of rehearsal time on a single piece over yep. a four, five, six week period, uh-huh. most of the time I'm pretty lucky about yeah. that. Um, and so, uh, you know, my, when I was in grad school, I would give them the entire semester's worth of literature. I would plan everything and give them the entire mm-hmm. semester of an envelope full of everything that we would do from say August through December. Yeah. Um, I would give them everything 
And uh, and people would say, "Boy, this is really a lot. You don't expect us to do all of this." Well, yeah, at some point, <laughs> at some you know, point, yeah, <laughs> not tonight. Yeah, you know, we're not gonna do. We're not. I don't expect you to do. You know, everything. You know, between now and December, uh, uh, in one evening. But yeah, um, at some point, I do. Um, and so I think uh, for uh, you know just individual goals have to be taken into account. Our ensemble has yeah. a goal of leading worship once a week, every week. Um, whereas a school group has an entirely different goal, which is yeah. teaching literacy, teaching yep. how to perform, yep. uh, you know, and frankly sort of nuts and bolts, like how to walk on and off the stage yeah. in an orderly yeah. fashion. Good grief. Oh man. I mean, uh, you know, logistical things like that, they take forever to do. Yeah. Um, and frankly, if I tried to do that with my church choir, uh, if I tried to change something about that, it would take forever, yep. you know, to do yep. something like that. Yep. Uh, and just, I think, uh, you know, concerns like that, you know, vary so much from ensemble to ensemble. Uh, and so it's important to remember uh, that that those things are are different and one, one approach isn't necessarily sort of better or worse yeah. Uh, yeah. than the other. Uh, simply because it differs from one's own experience. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, cool. That's great. Yeah. Well, our dog is vying for attention, <laughs> but this has been a really good conversation. Yes. I yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. a good place. We can go ahead and start wrapping sure, sure. it up here. But Travis, thank you again yeah, for yeah. being on the show yeah, with always, us. Um, before you go, if you want to just kind of, I need kind of already, you've already talked about it throughout the the episode, but if there are any people, well, you can plug chamber singers, but yeah, then also yes. if there are any people listening from the Stephenville area that are interested yeah. in your choir as well, just tell us yeah. about it. Um, so, uh, like I said before, I work at first UMC Stephenville. And, uh, if you're interested in, in coming to sing with, uh, with a church choir, uh, we meet every Wednesday, seven o'clock, um, in the sanctuary, and uh, we have a handbell choir that's not meeting in the summer, but we'll meet again in, I think, late August, early September. I don't think that's exactly on the calendar yet. Mm -hmm. But at 6 p.m., also in the sanctuary, um, our worship band meets on meets on Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. Um, and, like, we're on... You know, Facebook and Instagram, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. So, I mean, if cool. you just if you just do a search for First UMC Stephenville, you'll find us. Great. So, yeah. And then yeah. what about Chamber Singers? Chamber Singers, right? AbilenChamberSingers dot org. Yes, uh, is the website. Um, and uh, was it was Brady McNeil the last episode um, that y'all had? Was the yeah. as of once this comes out, it'll have been two episodes. Two episodes okay, ago. yeah. So uh, Brady, uh, I think, is the latest person to have well maybe not the latest anyway um they're set on a, on our on the this is a, a long sort of roundabout way of saying we have a contact form on our website mm -hmm. okay. so if you uh if you uh feel like uh you know singing with Abilene chamber singers uh there are absolutely no fees involved um and uh it's a pretty uh uh, it's a a much more truncated schedule than mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, than a, a sort your sort of normal uh, community group, yeah. um, and so uh, that works a lot better for some people uh, who you know if you have a busy schedule or something like that you can't make a weekly mm -hmm. uh, meeting and uh, yeah. So, but there's a lot of overlap in our group 
Mm -hmm. uh, from uh, Chorus Abilene, Classical Chorus. Mm -hmm. D. Romines, the conductor of that ensemble, also sings with us. And some of the college Um, students around town. Some of the college students around town sing with us. Um, And so uh, I think... Uh, it's a it's a good group to be in uh, to be involved with, and uh, it's one that I uh, certainly just absolutely love. Yeah, that's uh, great. performing that's with. Um, you sing a lot of good repertoire mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, and 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 uh, the conductor of that ensemble, Josh Wright. Uh, he and I we first met when we were fourteen years old. <laughs> when uh, when Clell uh, moved their family to Abilene uh, when he first came to Hardin Simmons. And it was one of those one of those crazy situations. Um, Josh and I, you know, we had spent our whole lives like, oh man, you know, some one of the, someday, you know, we'll get to like collaborate like this. Yeah. Now here we find Aww. ourselves. Wow, that's and so great. It's like, that's you great. Know, I've been been buddies since two thousand one. Cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so here we are. That's awesome. Uh, as uh, as as adult experts who know everything That's on right. choral music, I've <laughs> made it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> cool. Uh, now, so yeah, it's a fun group. Do y'all require an audition? We do require an audition, uh, and it's just like on a case to case, yeah, uh, basis. Because um, a lot of times you may just, already know some people's yeah, voices. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes we've already sung with these people. Yeah, uh, yeah. Before, um, but uh, like uh, the reason I mentioned Brady. Is because he contacted us through our website. Yeah, um, cool. and so you know he was he was brand new to Abilene. He mm-hmm. had come. Would he come straight from Alabama uh-huh. at the time? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so he he was coming here from another state. We yeah. never met this person. Mm-hmm. You want to audition? Heck yeah, man! Come in and audition. Yeah, and uh, and so uh, we met this guy. And we were like, oh yeah, you're in the group. You're yeah. you're in. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> um, and. Uh, and uh, so I think recently we had another audition uh, with with a uh, uh, with another singer um, who I think had not sung for a while, and I think she told us that. And so Josh and I were uh, we were like, okay, you know, it's our it's our duty to hear this person. Mm-hmm. She was incredible, and yeah. so you know, it was it was like, oh yeah, you're you're, you're on the roster, <laughs> yeah, you're good, cool. Uh, so you're on the squad. Awesome. So, yeah, it was great. Well, we'll be sure to put the links to both the yeah. websites for Abilene Chamber Singers and uh, your church choir yeah, yeah. down in the description. So if any of y'all are interested, you can check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's it. All right. Well, Travis, thank you so much yes. for being on the show with us. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Always. Glad to be here. <laughs> thank yeah. you.